We've got some breaking news because of the $3.5 million Pokemon First Edition sealed case that Logan Paul bought from Shine150 on Instagram, who months and months and months ago bought from Jamil from Millie Pop Shop and Karkahuna Jacob, who got it from a Canadian eBay listing originally out of Canada, this case. And all that research was done by Pokemon Rattle on YouTube. So please go check out his channel if you've not done so already to watch some of those videos. But let's see what was in the first edition Pokemon case when Logan Paul and Shine and BBCE, who authenticated the case, opened it this past weekend. Oh my yes! god! Oh my god! Yes! Oh my god! Motherfucker! Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, that's a good sign. Why are they so puffy? Why are they so puffy though? They, see how they're shaped all? They don't look right. They, they don't, don't look, look right. They yeah. don't look right. Yeah. Uh oh. See how? See how they're, they're like they're curvy and puffy. They're very light. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Let's open a box. Oh yeah! Right. Oh my God! Oh my oh God, my God. bro! GI Joe! GI Joe! GI Joe! It could have been anything else. We all got duped. Agreed? Yeah. yeah. This is the biggest fraud in the entire history of Pokemon. So now that we know that this case is indeed fake, there has to be some undoing of the money along the way. So Shine150 has already refunded Logan Paul the full $3.5 million uh, Logan bought from Shine because it was wrapped by BBCE and authenticated. Uh, just the same reason why Shine bought it from Jamil and Jacob. And it was authenticated uh, before they sold it to Shine. And they got it from that eBay listing that originated in Canada. So basically, uh, as of right now, what we know is that Jamil has, uh, his legal team has put the funds into an escrow account. And then as for Jacob, there's been no word on what the funds are doing with him back to Shine. And then we know nothing about the, uh, at least the origin of the case in uh, Canada. We will see if any news comes out on that. And we will keep you all posted on what might happen through uh, you know upcoming YouTube shows, YouTube lives and everything. But as for the weekly slab episode six, we have some good topics. So we hope you enjoy. And let's get on with this week's episode. Welcome everyone to the weekly slab episode six. My name is Aaron Wonvi, your host. And today, Nate and I are going to be talking about a variety of topics. But the first topic we will be hitting is on a huge $3.3 million sale that occurred through PWCC's private sales network. Uh, we will get into that and talk about that sale and why it is so unique. We will also be doing some discussion around sports car investing versus sports betting, a topic that was brought up by one of our users. And then we will be talking about who's hot, who's not in the sports car marketplace. But we also have a nice little segment today on PWCC's new auction that is going live Uh Literally tonight, as you're watching this episode, we're probably going live in a couple hours after that. So we're going to cover uh, the new auction and a couple different things about it, give you a little preview, and then uh, we'll move on to our last segment, which is Slab Stocks FC, three up, three down in the soccer card market at the start of the 2020 season, or halfway through the season, but start of the 2022 year. I also said 2020 again, so I really am messing up the 2020 versus 21-22 this year, right, Nate? You haven't known what year it was since COVID started, apparently. The funny thing is, is I was just talking to someone about that. Just like all three years have kind of blurred together at this point now, or two and a half, whatever it's been, or two, I guess. Uh, that's the thing. I don't that, even know how long. That's it's what been. happens when you don't even get to finish off your last semester of college. I mean, you finish it off, but not yeah, at kind school, of, right? Just kind of feels like everything's the same thing for the last couple of years now. Um, yeah. 
But uh, cool. Let's just jump right into it because we had a huge sale that happened yesterday or two days ago now at this point. And it was a full 2009 National Treasures Rookie Patch Auto set. But it wasn't just the out of 99 version. It was 111 different NTRPAs numbered out of 99, uh, 25, and out of 5. The full set, I believe that means 37 players. The entire thing for every single player out of 5, 25, and 99. That includes Stephen Curry, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Drew Holiday. And then there's also a bunch of other guys like Hashim to beat that never became anything you know like all those other guys out there in the 09 class Johnny Flynn um but this this sale was huge this was 3.3 million dollars for all of those cards and the sale actually occurred in November so I talked to the purchaser uh one of the purchasers is at super trout 27 court on Instagram and then his business partner sports card x uh that's ex he, they combined together to buy this and they actually picked this thing up in November. So I know that they had to go through a little bit of the finalization of the deal throughout the last couple of months before it could be announced, but they did this in November before Curry broke the record. I think that's pretty big because Curry's high end has definitely taken a huge uptick since November and grabbing this set that includes the out of five out of 25 and out of 99 versions of his RPA is massive, but $3.3 million is not a small price tag. This is one of the, most expensive, you know, public deals, or at least that we know about, um, for sports cards. I'm actually kind of shocked that the Curry out of five, twenty-five, and ninety-nine by themselves, considering what we see with Luka Doncic cards and Anthony Davis cards in the past, wasn't three million by itself. Well, listen to this. There were some comments that said this was an amazing buy. Literally, the Currys paid for everything, every, everything else. You know, all yeah. other one hundred and eight cards were basically free. If you think about it, because, you know, nine, five Curry's, I do not know the exact last sale, but this is, you know, 600 to $700,000 card around there. It's been, and uh, that's for the nine, five out of 99, you know, the out of five, we haven't seen an out of five sell since 2016 and in 2016. This is six years now uh, before prices have obviously gotten insane. This was a $30,000 card um, out of five. Now here's the interesting thing is that the only way I'm actually able to know that the 2016 sale is by using Card Ladder's sales history tool. So I'm going to do a little screen share right now, and we're going to check that one out. So here we are at the Card Ladder Pro sales history. Of course, if you do want to create a Card Ladder account, go into the description of this podcast or video and hit the link to do so. Uh, we'd appreciate the support a lot. But if you look here, they've got sales history going back. It's like 15 plus years. It's it's a crazy amount of sales history, all-time sales history through multiple different platforms. So I typed in 2009 National Treasures Curry Patch Auto five which is going to try to pull up the curry patch on number dot five um you've got aaron curry here which is a football player but uh you'll you're gonna I'm, you know have to do a little bit of digging to try to figure out which one is which because i'm trying to find the true ntrpa now this one says colossal so it's not that one this is 215 on march or may of 2013 but i finally come down here and land on this one it says 2009 national treasures platinum stephen curry rpa Patch Auto out of five BGS nines in eBay auction on March 13, 2016. That sold for $31,000 six years ago before the huge card boom. And this one I know is, is to be that card because it says platinum. Number out of five is the platinum parallel. And then add in the fact it sold for $31,000 in 2016. I can guarantee you this is not the colossal. So we hit this. And the card lighter estimated value, if you see it right there in the green, based off of how Curry's market has performed over the last six years, puts this card at $2.25 million. $2.25 million. 
So keep in mind 2.25, or really 2.26, I guess. And now let's go and look up the uh, 99.9.5. If you were to buy the Steph Curry of 99 BGS 9.5 patch autograph, let's just say you bought in 2014 for $1,500. They've got that one estimated at 476 grand right now. Now we do know what this card's worth because we're going to be able to find a sale recently and it's going to be now this one I'm not really counting because if you hit this one do you see the autograph? This one had a 9 autograph on it. It hits the patch. It, it's really squiggly. It's some of it's a little bit smudged or faded. This one's sold for 360 grand in October 23rd, but based off of Curry's market, this specific card should be worth 560 grand right now. And then you look at the one that sold in the premiere, which this one has a better auto. It, it's it's approaching that patch window, but it's not anything like the last one. Um, this one sold for 432000 in May of 20, 2021. Um, and this one's estimated $680,000 right now. So you're already pushing $3 million right there. And then you add in, you got the uh, 25. And we will go and try to find that. Now, this one's going to be a little bit harder to find because there's a lot of ones that are numbered out of 25. I'm probably just going to sort by per, by actually the price because that will help us find it the easiest, which right here, you got the la- the, the most expensive one selling the 9.5 in 2016. Um, this one is the gold parallel, and this one's got a nasty patch, and that one's estimated at $1.2 million right now. Oh. So, I mean, Nate, between all that... <laughs> All those estimate values. Now I cannot. I think that the the they're, that the they're a million bucks up. Yeah, and that's just in the in the three curries, right? Well, they'd be like they'd be like probably like six hundred thousand up on just the three curries compared to the p- full purchase price. So I can I can confirm that the one number out of twenty five is a BGS nine. So it's oh. not pushing over a million dollars. Okay, the one that they have. Um, but let's just see if there is a BGS nine. Here we go. This one sold July of 2018. It, so it's about half right. the value for a nine at 523K. But that, still, I mean, if you're just covering your purchase price with the Currys, which is true, that's when they guessed um, off of the card ladder estimated value, which takes into account Curry's market changing over the last um, you know, five years or whatever it might be based on the card. Great tool, by the way. Great tool. I would say dangerously accurate, too, based on these cards, which is crazy. It's good to see. Crazy, to, yeah. crazy accurate tool here. Um, very cool way to go and look up all-time sales history for different cards. So I would recommend it, creating a card ladder account. I love it. The sales history tool is insane. And um, that's what we're looking at for this for this specific set. And now, a, a reminder a reminder that though the card ladder thing is accurate, it only takes two people wanting those cards to push it even higher. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I agree. Could go, could go even higher. I agree. And uh, the, the whole thing about this set, though, is I was looking up some other the players, you know, Harden and DeRozan and Drew and Griffin. Blake Griffin's RPA is back at, way back in the day. His 9.5 used to be worth $2,600. Uh, I can That was like in 2010. You know, I can pretty much say for certain that they, that, that is not going to sell for $2,000 considering DeRozan's were recently selling for right around that or lower. And he's been actually like very good the last 10 years. You know, Blake Griffin, a lot of the years has done nothing. Uh as for DeRozan's most recent sale, though, and out of five, BGS 9.5 sold for $7,500 on January 2nd. Not going to lie. Seems like an awesome buy, whoever bought that. That was of this year. For an out well, of five, 9.5? I get, that, I get that he is good this year currently, but we're still talking about DeMar DeRozan. Hey, he's the all-time leading scorer in Raptors history, bro. We're talking about DeMar DeRozan here. 
You're just you're just DeMar, doing your thing because you told that guy at the Chicago show DeMar, that you were silly for DeMar DeRozan is a 32-year-old that is playing well on the Bulls this year. We'll see what he does next year. Give it three years. People forget about DeMar DeRozan's good 32-year-old year. All you know? I know is that that guy I told you he was buying DeMar DeRozan made a lot and of money. I laughed because I can't imagine buying a 32-year-old, and I still can't <laughs> imagine buying a 32-year-old. But – He's having a great year. He's having a great year. The Bulls are a good team. But I feel like you're overreacting to his good year this year. Oh, I mean, I'm not, trust me. I'm not, I would way, way rather go spend this money on Giannis or something. All I'm saying is an NTRP out of 5, 9.5. If they make a run in the playoffs, you're probably doubling your money pretty easily on that. But you yeah, also, yeah. if they get eliminated, if they get eliminated the first round, you could also lose like three grand pretty easily too. Yeah. So it's it's a risk i guess it's it's always a risk when you're talking about players like that so nate i'm not i'm not trying to just rag on you because i do I, agree with you i thought you were like wow demar Derozan." and i'm like let's pump the brakes a little bit on on old demar he's, he's no I, he, I, trust me i want nothing more than the bulls to get like a four or five seed because people are hyping them up so much and it's getting annoying <laughs> um well, we'll see. Uh, the whole nba is kind of weird and that's are falling apart right before our very eyes it is a little odd bucks have not been too good recently either without Budenholz or drew holiday drew holiday such an important piece in the bucks by the way so important hey we're one and oh in championships with drew holiday on the team so that is true that is true undefeated never lost (laughs) um to wrap up this to wrap up this sale though it it is really unique to me because rarely do you see something that's outside of like a single card announced as a multi-million dollar sale you know, you got your mantles, you've got your Honus Wagners, your LeBrons, Exquisites, all this stuff. But this is a super unique. Set your Anthony Davises, <laughs> Anthony Davis logo man for <laughs> over <laughs> just about a million. Uh, th- this is this is one of the most unique sales I've seen recently, and I think that this was an excellent buy if you have the money. I also think if it, you know, it's people that have this much money, you're probably not like in a rush to start selling through it. Might not be a bad idea to split up one of those curries and grab a large chunk of your money back, though. Yeah. Uh, now, now, also, I will say, having the complete set matters. Like, take one curry away and you don't have the complete set anymore, so it might be stupid. But um, in large part, I mean, this set, I was talking to Nate about this. I don't think that the set was made in the last three to four years. I mean, this stuff you would have had to start right away accumulating. You look at that sales history. I know that these are like eBay auctions that go way back when. It, you can't really get buying out pricing from eBay 10 years ago. But there's there's no way you were finding that many out of fives of these rando guys. You know, you might see a Curry and Harden pop up once every few years, and then you're selling for like 20K, then 40K, then 300K or whatever. But even at that market, it's hard to complete a set when they're getting that expensive. So kudos to whoever put this thing together. It's unreal. Unreal. Um. So do you think... There's a path forward. Obviously, somebody's done this with NT, and it would be really hard to do it with NT nowadays. But mm-hmm. just thinking about your love for color blasts, what if you grabbed a color blast of every player that has a color blast for 2018 Prism or 2019 Prism or 2020 Prism or whatever? Well, that's what I was trying to do with the 2020 Prism color blast set. And then you start to sell some cards, don't have the, all of them. But yeah, I mean, I think it'd be really cool to do this with different sets. And who who knows like how much value comes from having the rest of the players right like everyone other than the five I mentioned they couldn't have agreed. I mean, that. 
I just sold a complete set of 1986 tops the other day for 200 bucks. The Jerry Rice ungraded is like 50 bucks. The Joe, the Steve Young and Reggie White and you know a couple other guys in there. Bruce Smith is a rookie. Isn't that crazy? Reggie White, Bruce Smith, rookie cards in the same set. Yeah, top two sack getters of all time. Yeah, um, that is crazy. But uh, half the hey, half the battle is making the set, especially when it comes to this NTRPA thing. That's like you know you won't be able to do that again. So I'm sure that there is multiple, multiple five is definitely over five figures for the rest of the random cards, which you sell them all individually. You're probably not even getting close to it. Correct. So I do think I do think there is there is value in in getting a set because like that 1986 set, if you pieced it out, you're not getting close to 200 bucks. So you have so it all just, together, 200 bucks. Just like the the Tom Brady 2012 to 2020 Prism Silver run. <laughs> I had to insert it in there for Nate. Nate loves hearing about that Tom Brady Prism Silver run. I love hearing that people are spending twenty five thousand dollars on a twenty eighteen PSA ten Tom Brady silver because he has a Super Bowl jersey on. I can't wait to see what the one sells through the premiere on on the twenty second of January. There's another one selling, and that's two months back to back. That one selling, and time before we saw the one sell for twenty five k, it was like a year and a two, year and a half, two years ago for seventy seven hundred fifty dollars. So. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see if that twenty five thousand dollars sale spur more people will be like, I need to get mine, or if it's like gonna sell for like six thousand dollars less. Yeah. I would assume it's gonna sell for less, but that's just me. Moving on to segment two. Moving on to segment two. Uh, once again, congrats to to everyone involved in that deal: PWCC, Brock, uh, Jesse, Super Trout Twenty Seven Sports Cards X or Sports Card X. That's a it's a huge deal. But on to our next topic was brought up by at peerless underscore sports underscore cards on Instagram. He sent me a DM talking about sports cards versus sports betting. Um, I think a lot of time when people think about sports betting just from the mainstream level, I'd say football is generally the most thought about one, the most uh, covered one, and and probably bet on sport too. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have data for that. I don't sports bet, so I, I'm just assuming from like what I read, more like a Twitter pulse at that, if anything. Yeah. And but he reached out on something different. He reached out on a UFC sports betting. And not because he's like, hey, you guys should spend uh, sports bet on UFC. And Nate Brofty is like, hey, I want to do a segment. We're going to be talking about people should go bet on, on sports, which I, I agree, um, which is why we're talking about this topic in the first race, because we both agree with the statement, I think, that sports betting, at least in our eyes, I know a lot of people do it. I know there's a lot of professionals that do it. People make money, but also people lose a lot of money, too, just as they do in cards. You can lose money through cards, too. So this isn't sure. a say of cards are just going to make money because they're not. Uh, but when it comes to sports betting, you know, it's a zero-sum game. It's your bet hits and you win money. A lot of the times, double your money unless you throw it on some parlays or pick a money line on a huge underdog. Or your bet doesn't hit and you lose all of your money and you come away with zero. And when it came to what Peerless was reaching out about, um, he was talking about it from a UFC perspective. Because in UFC, when you're betting on these fighters in, in their fights, you know, it's either one fighter or the other and you just – pick a fighter as you kind of would pick an investment, right? Like when you're betting on NFL, if you bet on the Colts, it means you're betting on not only Jonathan Taylor as myself buying cards of him, but also Carson Wentz and also that defense. And you give up 20 points to the Jaguars and your quarterback doesn't perform well. Jonathan Taylor had a mediocre game, but I didn't watch it. So I can't speak to who did well, who didn't. I mean, you're just betting on all of them and, and, and you need all of them to succeed. When it comes to UFC fighting, your fighter wins, your fighter loses. And, Basically, he was saying that he put investment money into this guy named, it looks like, 
I don't even know how to pronounce this name. So I'm going to go with his nickname, Ninja. I'll put a card up on the screen of this guy. His nickname's Ninja. And he bought $2,065 worth of cards of him. Total of 11 cards. So I'll put up his, his, his thing he sent me. It's like a little breakdown of all the different cards. Some silvers, some numbered, an octagon of eight he bought for $1,000. And all that added up to $2,065. Now, he also brought, if he were to bet on Ninja in the fight, with odds of minus 233, the risk is for $2,065. The payoff would be $886 if he wins the fight. So if he were to win the fight, Ninja, he would make $886. If he were to lose, he'd lose all 2065 If he invests in these cards and he wins the fight, he can sell any of the 11 cards to make any amount of money. He can lose the fight and he cannot sell any of the cards and come away with $0 in sales after the fight, but he still has his investment in the player or fighter in this case. Or you can also grade the cards and make money through grading the cards. So his whole thing is like, hey, so many people are spending money on sports betting, specifically in the UFC for him, when if you were to take the same amount of money and put it into cards uh, UFC cards that there aren't that many number cards of some of these new rookies of and stuff. It's it's a pretty low print prism set to start. They came out with Chronicles, which has many different variations, but you know what to do. You can focus on the cards you want. And the proposition is that you can make more money, lose less money, and have more flexibility with sports card investing. And I think it's a super interesting thing because I agree with it. Um, very much though, like you said, a it has to be a single player sport. That makes sense. Like if you did this with golf, it would work. If you yeah. did this with UFC, it'd work. If you start getting into uh, sports where you have to rely on others to help you win a championship, like LeBron this year with the Lakers, Lakers are a bad team. Anthony Davis injured. Russell Westbrook turning the ball over constantly and not playing very well. Um, Carmelo Anthony is old. You know, <clears throat> you invest in LeBron, he doesn't win a championship because he's getting dragged down by all of his teammates. Now, you could blame GM LeBron for putting that team together, but. Uh, if you invest in LeBron and you expect him to win a championship to gain money, it's probably not going to happen because the Lakers I, are a bad team. Can I sauce you a devil's advocate play here? Devil's advocate me. So the monthly card ladder index for LeBron James's player index in the last month has it's probably been gone minus, up because he's been on fire. So it's actually been minus 0.46%, which is like nothing. Pretty much stayed even. Um, his cards in the last like few weeks, I think, have been changing in value going up i should look at i don't think i can sort by weekly for this but oh actually i can the weekly or the daily changes is 0.03 percent but that's regardless of the fact um my point here though is nate is that if you place like a one thousand dollar bet on lebron james before the season starts or you buy one thousand dollars in lebron james cards before the season starts if you place that bet you're like you're guaranteed out money I mean, unless sure. the Lakers like turn around in some ridiculous fashion and win the finals, uh, you're pretty much on money. Now, if you bet on or if you bought LeBron's thousand dollar rookie card PSA, whatever, you, you you probably are losing money at this point. Are you losing all your money? No. Can you make money by the end of the, se- end of the season, even if the Lakers don't win the championship? Yeah, yeah, I think you can. If LeBron stays on this crazy run, you're probably going to make money in the next three months. Um, at some point, and that's that's my. Oh, advocate. What do you say? I said a well-played devil's advocate because you were right. Um, I guess you can look at it that way. If you're looking at it, I guess I was looking at it from the standpoint of um, 
it's a lot easier to put this money on a guy that you believe is control of his own destiny. But you're looking at it from a wins loss standpoint. And no matter who you bet on in cards, you're not going to lose all your money. No, likely. And it'll take a long time if you do. <laughs> um, the other, the other topic would be like a John Morant MVP play. You know, a lot of people have probably placed bets on John Morant to win MVP in the last couple of weeks, hoping he stays on this crazy run. Maybe KD gets cold. Maybe the Bucks don't win as many games as is needed for Giannis to win a third MVP. And everyone's just John Morant hysteria. Like, you know, when Derrick Rose won MVP and, and he wins MVP and you maybe make, I don't know, from the time you place your bet four times the money in your bet, which, which would be a sizable win. Now, where are the odds that John Morant actually wins MVP? I'd say substantially pretty low still compared to Curry and um, Giannis. And even if people want to start to make a LeBron argument, like when he's with the Cavs and they're terrible and he was just carrying them and people were trying to argue finals MVP when they lose in five games or whatever it was. Um, so, so if you were to take the same scenario, John Morant, you know, a much in my mind, sounder investment and use of money, obviously he's buying those cards buying his his best rookie cards his you know ones you can sell by the end of the season or you hold longer you know the mvp thing man john brand can turn out to be a top five point guard of all time if he doesn't win mvp this one season you're done you know you're out your money so yeah i, I don't um, go ahead it's likely it's likely that if you are listening to this right now you don't need us to tell you this because you're into cards anyways yeah but if you've got some friends that love gambling and aren't into cards share this with them and maybe convince them that uh, instead of spending $2,000 on their next UFC fight, put $2,000 into cards and see how it goes. And I think that's the 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 bigger thing here is the reason why Piro's brought it up is because, you know, he probably tracks UFC quite a bit either between the cards, the fights, the, the betting, whatever it is. And you just see how much money is being bet on UFC fights. And the amount of people who don't know about UFC cards is probably astounding compared to that. And it just makes a lot more sense. And that's, I think, always why the card argument's been so strong is because it does link to these other methods of getting involved in sports, like daily fantasy, seasonally fantasy, where you have to wait the entire season to do anything with, or uh, the, the the sports betting. And and I think that, like Nate said, anyone listening to this is probably going to agree with us, but it's worth bringing up and just talking about because inevitably you have those friends. Like I have, I have a friend who literally bets on um prop bets like all the time on nba he's betting on clay thompson hitting like 12 points in his first game and stuff and you, you know did? those i guess you, you spend small amounts of money i'm sure that it can be a little fun i'm, I'm sure addicting too just as cards are for a lot it, of people it also pays out a little bit quicker it does it does you know, it's, it's more you know, liquid. you're not you can't buy a clay thompson card day of sell it day of and probably make a profit unless you're buying through i don't know check out my cards and got a good deal or star stock or something like that Correct. So, so there's pros and cons to each. Um, it depends on how impulsive you are and how needy you are to see your reward. I guess. Yeah, but Aaron and I are firmly on the side of cards. Yeah, firmly yeah, yeah. Not on the it, side. Especially because sports betting and I know cards are too, but cards you can make very sound business decisions with. Sports betting you can probably go down a dark path of placing too many bets too fast. Yep. And you, we don't want to see. I, I mean, you can do that with cards. You get into the credit card, you get into your credit card there and uh, buy too many PMGs. Yeah. So <laughs> I, know, goes, I know it goes both ways. But but the main point here is that you're not ever going to lose all of your money with cards. You Especially can with lose like all your money with betting. 
especially within like a one year time frame. Cause I don't want to say that. And then someone's like, Oh, well, JJJ's 2018 prison went from $200 to $10 in a, a, you know, a year and a half. But along the lines, I hope that you realize you might need to cut, cut a loss along and sell it for a hundred versus 10. <laughs> Correct. Um, you're yeah. not going to go down from $2,000 to $0 in a day. Let's put it that way. Correct. Correct. Next segment of the show, we've got the PWCC weekly auctions. They switched from monthly auctions from October, November, and December into a weekly auction where every single auction that's going to go live in 2022 is going to start on Thursday, meaning today, if you're listening right now on Thursday on YouTube or podcast, tonight you will be able to go on to pwccmarketplace.com and start placing bids to uh, qualify for extended bidding in these items. Now you say, when do these end? They end every single Sunday. So it's a 10-day auction. So they'll go live on a Thursday, and then the first one will finish on Sunday, the 23rd um, in January. So this is auction number one for 2022. It is live right now, and we did already look at some of the cards as we have favored 178 items, and we'll see which ones we play some bids on. Uh, but we will be live bidding on these every single Sunday too, by the way, so be sure to come to the first stream starting at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, the 23rd. And like I said, be sure to go get your bids in now. The link is in the description to jump to this auction and to go view it and hit uh, and play some bids tonight. Because like I said, you need you need to place a bid on each item you want to win before 9 p.m. Pacific time on the night of the closing. Um, very important. Very important. Actually, not 9 p.m. Pacific. It's 7 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Central time. There. Renee, what, what's something that pops up to you? Really quick, we'll just, we'll just cover just, a card here. Just really quick, um, yeah. Spencer Torkelson. All right, let's check it out. Gold Wave Auto uh, should be playing. If they play baseball this year, he should be up. He should be the best bat in the Tigers lineup. Uh, they got Javi Baez. They got um, the pitcher from the Red Sox. I can't remember his name now. They've got young pitching. That offense starts picking it up with Spencer Torkelson. They could be a potential playoff team. I don't want to say guaranteed playoff team, but a potential playoff team and Spencer Torkelson in the middle there could be good. Nice. Nice. Um, another thing about this auction is that if I go to all of the items right here, those were just our favorites. I previewed quick. If you hit all the items, there's 3,620 different cards in the first auction ending on Sunday, the 23rd. Um, this is lower than the amount that you'll normally see in a, in an auction, but for the very first one in 2022, they want to make sure there weren't too many uh, items up for bidding. So they limited it to under 4,000 for the first auction. I'd say normally it'll probably be around 7,000, I heard, uh, in a Sunday auction. And this includes everything. Baseball, basketball, football, soccer, hockey, Pokemon, other TCG, racing, boxing, tennis, swimming. Like there's every, there's literally everything in here that you can imagine. So uh, if you want to, we are very excited for these things to launch. We'll be doing a lot of sweet content on this throughout the year. Uh, be sure to go into the, into, the, into the description, start favoring your items for this uh, upcoming Sunday, the 23rd, because you'll be able to place bids and then hopefully win some of these sweet items. As for me, I want to highlight a card really quick that I'm super excited about, and it's a Wayne Gretzky card and Gordie Howe. Uh, it's actually my favorites. So I'm going to hit my favorites really quick. I know this is This is quite the card. This is a dual on-card auto of Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe, one of the other greatest hockey players of all time. Nickname of Mr. Hockey. It says it on the card there, and he signed it. Mr. Hockey. BGS 8.510 from 2002. It's numbered out of 99. Dude, I'm going to really be bidding strong on this one because this thing is one of the coolest cards I've seen. I don't know how much it's going to sell for, but maybe I won't even be able to qualify for it. The potential, that's true. 
because that's super sick. But that's like just the type of items you can find in this auction. There's a lot of other really cool stuff. One more I'm going to preview here because I saw this one. I was excited about this too. Sapphire Red for stopping number oh, wow. nine, five, PSA eight. These cards are super tough to grade. This is a variation red out of five. I'm expecting this to sell for an insane amount after you won the championship. Uh, I My dad and I could have bought this card at the National for some amount. I don't want to say because it's going to be like a third of the amount that this will sell for. <laughs> but I uh, can't win them all. But Woof. what you can do is you can actually win this card if you do want uh, coming up on the 23rd. So please hit that link if you do want to drop bids. You can do it as of tonight. And I'm very excited to see how this stuff goes this year. And Nate, I think I'm going to speak for myself and you too. But man, I'm pumped to see to see what happens with these auctions this year. Yeah, I am. I've got cards that I'm sending in. Um, hopefully, I'll find some cards that I really want before the baseball season starts. Uh, and then while the baseball season goes on, football cards. And while the football season's uh, ramping up, basketball cards. And just keep playing this Sunday uh, auction game here. For sure. And as everyone knows, we're, we're partners with PWCC. So we do a lot of this stuff with them. And uh, it is partner content, just so you know. So you know, if you want to join in and have some fun with us on those live bidding streams, please feel free. It's an absolute blast. We generally give away a card, a bidding stream, sometimes more than that, that we win that night. So you know, people are walking away sometimes with a couple hundred dollar cards. And uh, it's a super fun time. So we'd love to have you at those too. Lastly, I just want to point out that right now on Instagram, there's a giveaway live for this Kobe Select Courtside Silver PSA 9. So you can hop in on Instagram and just comment three friends' names. Make sure to follow at Slabstocks and at PWCC Marketplace. You'll be entered to win this. We'll let the contest run for 10 days, but someone's going to win this card. We won this in the December auction. I'm happy to give this away and uh, get someone a sweet Kobe as this is a short print. And I'm sure someone will love this. So. Go check out that Instagram post and drop a comment if you do want to enter the giveaway. All right, moving on to who's hot, who's not of the week with data powered by Card Ladder. We are looking at the who's hot, and that is Cooper Cup. Now, Cooper Cup fell shy of history, 17 yards shy to be exact, of the single season record for receiving yards in a year. Um, in fact, he had, let me grab it real quick here. He, Calvin Johnson had 1,964 yards in 2012. Cooper Cup, 1,947 yards in 2021. Obviously, a uh, little grain of salt here. Extra game, extra game there. 17-game season instead of a 16-game season. But still, nonetheless, if you would have looked at Cooper Cup any of the last couple of years and said, you know what, I think that guy's going to end with the second most receiving yards all time in a single season, I would have laughed at you. And Aaron would have laughed at you. And everyone would have laughed at you. Um, and so absolutely incredible showing from him. Incredible season uh, just in general. Last year, to put it in perspective, last year he had 15 games, 12 games started, 974 yards and three touchdowns. This year, 1,947 yards, almost 1,000 extra yards than last year and 16 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns more than he had last year. Um, so really, really incredible showing from him. And as for his prices uh, powered by Card Ladder here, you can look at his 2017 Prism Silver. And the last sale, Aaron, if you want to scroll down here. Yes, sir. Um, was $454. But you can see this year or this six-month trend. And this started around $100. $110. Uh, $110 all the way up to $454 for a guy like Cooper Cup. That's a um, 313% gain in six months. Yeah. And, you know, it's a risk, a big risk investing in wide receivers and running backs because you usually have that one season. But this was Cooper Cup's one season. And he and it was really the last like month he blew up because it kind of stayed the same, kind of stayed the same. And then 
people started realizing that he could kind of break that record and they started paying more money. I mean, we're talking $175 on December 12th, 2021. And as of January 9th, four days ago, 455. That's a substantial rise because this thing started at 110, you know, making 60 bucks. Not bad. You're happy. Under 175. That's fine. Yeah, but man, and I will tell you this much. This looks very, very similar to a guy named Jonathan Jonathan Taylor's chart from this year. Um, very similar. You Who's know that? Who's he? Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Colts. I, I almost said Jonathan Taylor because I was trying to say chart right after it. <laughs> Messed up my favorite player's name. That's how it goes. Um, might, might be like Nate calling Devontae Graham Devonta Graham or something. That's true. But uh, we've got it. never happen. You didn't do that, though. I'm not saying you did that. I was just joking. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, his his trend looks very similar. End of the year is super high. And uh, I think it's dipped a little bit since the end of the season, probably. I'm sure Cooper Cup is. They get eliminated from the postseason. This thing's probably going to fall back to what? Nate, 250. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if it fell back down to 175, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here's the thing. You know, we can make recommendations based on what we do. We can't tell people what to do and, and make them listen because we don't want that either. We don't want people to just listen to what we say and go do it, you know? But if it were me and I owned one of these 2017 Prism PSA 10s of Cup, I would sell so fast anywhere above 375. So fast. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with taking your money. Now, sometimes you take your money, you look back and you said, I could add another $1,000 on that card and it stinks. But if you look at all the other ones you've had, and you look at something like Cooper Cup, and you take your money at three seventy or three fifty, and it goes down to two hundred in a month, you'll be happy. So uh, there's n- never a problem with taking your money, especially especially with NFL cards, and especially with running backs and wide receivers. For sure. Just to wrap up the Cup segment, I just want to point out that the population growth on Card Ladder super cool tracks of popula- population growth since April or since the start of May. And on April 29th, there was 130 PSA 10s in PSA's database. Um, you fast forward to October 7th, and you're looking at like a 70 rise up to 200. Wow. Now, this is interesting to me because if you were to, you know, this increase of 70 here, hey, this were just people who probably threw them into bulk submissions just because, right? Yep. You know, this wasn't because Cooper Cup was going to be the second highest receiver receiving yards of all time. Uh, since since this card or whatever, see, so throw it in. Right, exactly. Since October seventh, uh, you had two hundred, and now you're sitting at two hundred and fourteen. So over the last, you know, quarter and some change, about you gained like fifteen, and that's not that many. Um, obviously, grading cost is extremely expensive right now. Who would ever risk sending in this card to get a nine? You're losing your money very fast. Mm-hmm. So, the, the what I'm trying to point out here is that this population is pretty stable on this card. I'd say. You know, Mahomes has got nearly a thousand PSA tens out there, which really isn't like a whole lot either because it's it's a tough grade. But there's a whole lot more out there than 214 PSA tens. So all I'm trying to say is that yeah, this pop is going to be pretty stable, um, which is going to help people who who hold the card, but might not be bad looking at a raw card if you're just looking if you're a Cooper Cup fan and just want to pick up a card because it's going to be significantly cheaper, significantly oh, yeah. cheaper. Oh yeah. Are who's not of the week? is uh, a guy we brought up in the live stream briefly, and we're bringing him up here just because I really want to push Aaron's buttons and show him that Jonathan Taylor is not in the playoffs, not because of anything Jonathan Taylor did, but because of what Carson Wentz did. Um, so the Colts, all they had to do was go in and beat the 2-14 and Jaguars. Pretty easy. They're a bad team. 
The Jaguars have showed almost no promise this year. You just have to go in and take care of business against the Jaguars. Shouldn't be an issue, right? Well, they haven't done it in like seven years. One in Jacksonville, so I guess it might be an issue. I mean, okay, it might be an issue. Well, Carson Wentz, big issue here. Going 17 for 29, 58% completion percentage. 185 yards, throwing a touchdown, throwing an interception. Um, he fumbled the ball. He got sacked six times. Which could be your O-line's fault. Could be your O-line. I know they're dealing with some injuries, but it's just, it's a tough scene. It's a tough scene for them to have traded a third-round pick from this past draft and a conditional second-round pick for this upcoming draft, which turned into a first-round pick for this upcoming draft because he played 75% or more of his team's snaps. So they gave up a first-round pick to the Eagles to get Carson Wentz in there to then miss the playoffs, mainly because of Carson Wentz on Sunday. Uh, the whole team didn't play well, but when you're the quarterback, the blame falls on you, and the blame here falls on Carson Wentz. Uh, he did not play well. The team did not play well. They missed the playoffs. The Eagles make the playoffs, and the Eagles get their first-round pick. Um, the Who's not of the week is really Carson Wentz. And I, Talk about question, I question where the Colts go from here because – are they going to want to bring him back? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard hard to it, – it's it's one, hard to give up on a guy that quick if you just bring in uh, for, like, you know, a big trade type of deal. For a, uh, for a first uh, and a third-round pick, yeah. Yeah, also hard to to go ahead when you miss the playoffs like that, too, given that your rest of the team is amazing. Seven Pro Bowlers, including Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah, tough scene, like Nate said, but other also tough scene. Dude, this graph hurts to look at if you were to be a buyer of wins between 400 and 500 dollars on a silver prism psa 10 uh like they were before the season down 77 percent uh if you go back a year 800 dollars on 416 2021 oh yeah let me go back a year so we did have a seven or 800 sale on 416 2021 um which is bad in its own right it's actually worse over the last six months than it is over the last year it's down 77 percent in the last six months most recent sale is one hundred and two dollars and fifty cents. I would not be shocked if this card is lower below seventy five dollars by the end of January, um, at all. Why? Why would this card go up at all? Why would it stay even at all? I don't know. Uh, and as for the pop report, just because I always think that this stuff is interesting to look at. There's six hundred sixty eight as of May first. Um, fast forward to today, there's seven hundred thirty one. So of course, a lot of these have already been graded, but there's seven hundred thirty two PSA tens out there. So. There's no shortage of this card, especially when people want to dump it. Uh, this is the type of thing when you've got 700 of these graded and people want to get their money out, there's going to be ones for sale. Um, if you're a gambler, if you like buying stuff on the dip, Nate, do you buy one of these for 70 bucks? I mean, what do you, what do you, you know, a couple years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo had like his third chance at a rise in price? Yeah. And it didn't work. Yeah. Um, eventually you run out of, you run out of chances and yeah. I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz has run out of chances here. I would not spend $10 on this card. Got you. Got you. It also looks like my camera's having some difficulties, but it's okay. Cause we're about to wrap up this week's show. I think you can still hear me right Nate. Yep. I can hear you. All right. Even if you're glitching all over the place, I am glitching all over the place, but that's okay. Thank you everyone for coming and watching the weekly slab episode six or listening on podcasts. We do appreciate you all for joining. Uh, means a lot. Cover a lot of different topics this week, including the $3.3 million sale, the sports betting versus sports card investing topic. Looking at PWCC's first weekly auction going live tonight. Be sure to get your bids in right away to qualify for extended bidding. 
with low bids because it is lower risk to bid early and to get all those qualifications in with 10 to $15 bids. And then we also looked at who's hot, who's not, and then some soccer card trends. So, Nate, thanks for joining me another week. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you can come back next week for 6 p.m. Eastern time as we release weekly sub number seven. But this was number six. We hope you all have a great rest of your week and safe weekend. See you guys.